0: Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 92 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we begin our study of this week's Come Follow Me Materials, studying in Exodus, Chapter 7 through to 13, in the week of uh, March the 28th to April the 3rd. Uh, and today uh, we are beginning with Exodus chapter 7. Uh, and here we see the beginning of the plagues of Israel, not Israel, Egypt. Uh, and the Lord is still speaking to Moses at the beginning. Interesting change from in the Bible um, accounts. It talks about how Moses is a god to Pharaoh and that Aaron shall be his prophet. Um, and also about how the Lord will harden Pharaoh's heart. Um, a couple of things that are changed here. Moses is a prophet to Pharaoh, uh, and Aaron is his spokesman, um, which I think is right. And in verse 3, whenever we hear and read about Pharaoh's heart being hardened by the Lord, uh, it is um, adjusted to Pharaoh hardening his heart, um, as, as God has said, and then he'll multiply his signs and his wonders. Um, and of course, that is the way it is. The Lord cannot harden our hearts. And so there must be a, a, a mistranslation or a, a misunderstanding uh, in the translation of that of those verses. But this um, concept of Pharaoh hardening his heart is something which um, makes him feel a lot more relatable when you think about it. Um the come follow Emmanuel says, quote, Hopefully your will is never as dramatically opposed to God's will as Pharaoh's was. Still we all have times when our hearts aren't as soft as they should be, so there is something to learn from Pharaoh's actions recorded in Exodus seven to ten. Do you notice any similar tendencies towards hard heartedness in yourself? Ponder what you learn from these chapters about what it means to have a soft heart. Close quote. So it is something which we have to look out for. And whilst, as it says, we may not bring about, um, you know, plagues to the country which we live in. Um, we can um, be slow to notice or remember the blessings uh, that God brings to our lives. Um, so Moses and Aaron go before Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, show me a miracle show a miracle, then um, so they go, and they do so, and they throw, or Aaron throws down his rod and it becomes a serpent. Now what's particularly interesting about this is that first of all, the serpent uh, has kind of a dual meaning uh, in many religious traditions, including um, Judaism and Christianity, that the serpent, obviously we understand the serpent in our general understanding to be Uh, a representation of of the adversary, of Satan. And we see this uh, in the the, uh, fall uh, account and other places as well. But then um, we also see the serpent as a representation of the Saviour. For example, uh, when Moses will raise the brazen serpent uh, later uh, in this account in the wilderness, uh, it is to represent the Saviour being lifted up upon the cross. So, um, as we go through these plagues it would be interesting to kind of see where we find um, examples of the saviour in these plagues because here we have a representation of the saviour and then in verse 11 the pharaoh causes his wise men and sorcerers and they did likewise now this indicates that there is some power uh, in pharaoh's court whether it was through deception or whether it was through a supernatural mean, uh, they have done the same thing that Aaron has just done. Uh, but what is interesting, of course, is what happens next. President Joseph Fielding Smith said, quote, All down through the ages, and in almost all countries, men have exercised great occult and mystical powers, even to the healing of the sick and the performing of miracles. Soothsayers, magicians and astrologers were found in the courts of ancient kings. They had certain powers by which they divine and solve them on problems, dreams, etc. The Saviour declared that Satan had power to bind bodies of men and women and sorely afflict them. If Satan has power to bind the bodies, he surely must have the power to loose them. It should be remembered that Satan has great knowledge and thereby can exercise authority and to some extent control the elements when some greater power does not intervene. Close quote. So, Satan does have power. Uh, he is able to uh, replicate and counterfeit uh, the things of God. And that is why we need to have the spirit with us, particularly as President Russell M. Nelson says in our day. And we won't be able to spiritually survive without it. We should not be surprised when there are things which do confuse us and mislead us. Because that is one of Satan's tactics, uh, to do things in the manner of, of the Son of God. Uh, so that it looks like it is something which is from him, but of course uh, it is not. Which makes it even more difficult, I suppose, but that is why we need to have the Spirit with us to help us discern this. Um, Pharaoh's heart is hardened, Um, he hardens it himself, and he refused to let the people go. Um, So in verse 15, the Lord says, Get thee unto Pharaoh in the morning, lo, he goeth out unto the water, And thou shalt stand by the river's brink against he come, and the rod which uh, thou turn into a serpent shalt thou take in thy hand. So the Lord tells them to go to Pharaoh when he is about to go in the morning, and the likelihood is he's going to the river to worship. Um, The the Egyptians believed that the the River Nile was, in essence, a god, or or was very much from God, a a deity, and they had a, a, a god for the River Nile. It was a very special and precious and sacred thing, the Nile, for the Egyptians. When you think about the, the, the population of Egypt, uh, particularly at that time, it was literally just along the River Nile that you would find the population of Egypt. It was such an important um, lifeline to these, to these people. Um, and life wouldn't have been possible in that country without it. Uh, and so to them, it was such an important symbol of life and, and sustenance. But then, of course, uh, Moses and Aaron come along and they uh, take their rod, which the Lord tells them to do, and they smite the water and it turns to blood. Now, there is an interesting uh, account that happens there. Obviously, the fish don't survive uh, in that water and the river stinks as well. So not only can the Egyptians not drink of the water of the river, but there's also... um, uh, that the livestock within the, the river perishes as well, and the magicians of Egypt did it, did it as well, and Pharaoh hardens his heart again. So this um, this first plague, as it were, is the first of ten, uh, which we will be studying over the next few days. But this first plague is particularly interesting because, again. It, it, it introduces to us the fact that the Lord is going to show and demonstrate his power over Egyptian gods with each of these plagues. Each of these plagues has links to um, an Egyptian god or deity or or, or, or an Egyptian higher power. Um, and in each of these, the Lord re- represents his power over them. Also, if we can't uh, have it lost on us, the, the symbolism of the river turning to blood and the links to, to our saviour, uh, and his blood which would be sacrificed for us and the other thing that um, I'm not going to have full time to discuss really is discussions about how these plagues come to pass um, some believe it is just a supernatural occurrence others argue that there was a um, natural event which caused these this domino effect of plagues to happen in Egypt uh, one particular theory is about an eruption of a, of a particular volcano and that the um, the river turning to blood is a result of the after effects of this volcanic eruption um, and whilst it may not have been exactly blood it was red in color red in color um, I don't know and we don't know you know it's only a theory uh, and it would suggest as to why the Lord waited till this time in particular to send Moses not a few years earlier or a few years later but why it was important he went now and um, it's possible, and what we'll do is, as we go throughout the plagues, I'm going to look at the kind of the symbol, the, the symbolic uh, links between each plague and um, the and, and the savior, uh, but also make a, a possible link to um, possible causes that may have been supernatural or not. Uh, and it'd be interesting to do that as we go through. So, thank you so much for listening today uh, and for studying with us. Tomorrow we'll go into Exodus eight uh, and look at the next few plagues. Uh, including frogs and lice so uh, join us tomorrow as we do that thank you for your time and until we meet again